Welcome to Plex Weather. This is Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. We've got some spirit things to talk about. Full show this time, complete with a guest, real episode, not me getting halfway there. This is the full shebang. I got Paige Nielsen, which I will, I'm about to say she's coming on, but that I've already recorded the interview with Paige. Uh, in fact, it was like almost 24 hours ago. For your experience, it'll be as if I'm bringing her on. I don't know why I'm imagining this is a late night talk show instead of a podcast. But we got into uh, what you would expect regardless of the medium of this interview. We talked about shoes. We talked about dogs. More importantly, for the listeners of the show, I'm sure, we talked about Paige's recovery from injury. It's a pesky one. It took a little while for her. I'm sure you'll be able to tell. It was, you know, not a ton of fun, but uh, she fought her way through it to get back into the lineup, get back healthy enough to play. Um, we talked about this win over North Carolina that I'm sure most people listen to this, maybe all, maybe 100%, close to it anyway, quite enjoyed. And we talked a little bit about this weekend against Gotham, very different opponent. So it was a fun interview, always fun to talk with Paige, and hopefully you'll enjoy that. I did want to talk just briefly about the game myself before we get to the interview. The Spirit beat the North Carolina Courage 2-0, two goals from Ashley Hatch. Uh, both in the first half. Just a pretty outstanding all-around performance. I wrote about this with uh, Andre Carlisle a little bit on the site, on Black Nerd United, not on the Plexweather site. The show notes for this episode should have the link to that article, you know, just just breaking down some some deeper thoughts that we both had, and, and at least one not that deep thought that allowed me to share a joke about the movie Big Trouble in Little China, which probably is older than most people listening to this, if I'm being honest, but that's okay. I'm old, and that's how it works. But yeah, this was, I think, a performance based on execution of a well-worked game plan. It was a different approach to playing the Courage. The shifting in the midfield, I think, was key. Uh, It really allowed the spirit to disrupt the courage while also controlling the tempo of the game which has been a problem even even if we think of the one time the spirit have beaten the courage that that great night at the plex in 2019 that i know uh is is like the favorite game for for a lot of fans and even uh players even members of the the organization that one didn't play out like this if you if you remember that game or if you go back and and watch it what you'll find is that the Spirit still struggled for a long stretch of that game. The Courage, you know, Aubrey Bledsoe had to make one big save in this this weekend's, this past weekend's game. She had to make about 10 of those uh, in that last win. Um, and the Courage kind of were satisfied to only be up one nothing. You could see them kind of think, okay, we kind of got this one. We've tired them out. And the Spirit just found some sort of, you know, la- that last little bit of energy they had, that last, you know, the, they thought their tank was on empty, but they had a little bit more. And they got those two late goals. And, you know, that was a really impressive win in one way. But I think uh, if you ask anyone with the team, beating the Courage the way we just saw, the more recent win from this weekend, that is a more sustainable path forward. Uh, When Bledsoe isn't having to make so many incredible saves, when you are dictating the terms to a team that pretty notoriously tends to dictate the terms to everyone, the Courage get the transition game they want against everyone they play, even the teams that beat them end up having to sort of survive playing a courage style of game. And the spirit said, we're not doing that this time. We're going to, you're going to play a Washington spirits kind of game. And 
it turns out the Spirit can play that game pretty well. I thought this was a really just a front to back, really impressive game. No matter who you highlight, the defenders came up with some big plays. You know, Tegan McGrady, I saw that she wasn't credited with an assist on the first goal. I'm really baffled as to why, because I am very sure that her cross wasn't touched by anyone before Hatch uh, touched it uh, into the goal. So I think that's an assist. That's a great way to bounce back. I know Richie had said that the fullbacks hadn't hadn't given quite enough in, in the terms of service uh, against Chicago to come back and produce what should be an assist. Much like that uh, Julia Rotter own goal that, that shouldn't have been an own goal, I guess this is just a crusade that I'm going to be on all year, is it feels like people are watching a video and coming to different conclusions than me, and I don't know why. She should have gotten an assist. Give, give Tegan her assist. Anna Halfordy, first pro start at right back. I wrote about this uh, in the article I mentioned already, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Richie Burke shouted her out for an impressive performance, and and you know he was right to coming in, playing the courage, not just playing anybody, but playing one of the best teams in the league, seeing a lot of Jess McDonald, and she handled it really well. And it was a complicated sort of tactical thing, too, for the fullbacks. They had a lot of, sometimes they had to push up almost as a wide midfielder. Sometimes they had to drop in and be part of a back three. Really complicated stuff for them based on how they adapted to the courage. And I think it came through well. I already mentioned the midfield. I wrote more about them, uh, but I thought they were sensational, pretty much. You know, I I don't know what else to say. It just everything they needed to do, they did really well. And, you know, to go above and beyond, uh, sensational, I guess, is that the play that leads to the second goal with Andy Sullivan making a great read from deep in midfield, stepping up, winning the ball, driving play forward, sensing that the moment was there to not just win the ball and take possession, but to win the ball and drive play forward when the Courage were in a bad spot. They were a little exposed defensively. And that quick decision-making, that aggression, allowed her to turn what should have just been an interception into an immediate 2v2. And great execution from her and Ashley Hatch. Hatch made sure her run was at the right moment. She didn't go too early. She didn't wait too late. Uh, She didn't make the sort of run where your angle gets robbed and all of a sudden the danger you, you work into the defense's hands and said she made sure the defense had to stay spaced out. So no one could do anything about either player. And then Sullivan plays a great ball over to her. So really excellent stuff. Ashley Sanchez. I asked her after the game, I almost said congrats on your goal because she played so well. It felt like she had scored, but I had to sort of check that and say like, well, congrats on making the highlight reel because she was also outstanding She made mention of the fact that she felt like she did not play well the last time they played the Courage. And I mean, this is the way to balance out that that the account, uh, so to speak, is to come back and just be unplayable, uh, unstoppable. So really an outstanding performance from the spirit, you know, front to back. The subs came in and and did well. And this is kind of uh, I assume now this is kind of the benchmark for the team going forward is that this is what they're going to strive for. Obviously, the tactics will be different from week to week. These next few opponents are very different teams than North Carolina. You're not going to see the Red Stars come to town or, I'm sorry, Gotham come to town or a visit to the Red Stars. Those games are not necessarily going to be as full of high pressure and track meet end-to-end stuff like North Carolina would like. Gotham wants to possess to slow the game down. Chicago Pretty much when they play the Spirit, they play out of that low block and congest and then try and hit on the counter. Louisville is in between there. 
also not really like the courage, not really a full high press team. So yeah, these are different opponents. The spirit are definitely have a very different game plan, but they've now shown that this is what they're capable of without their Olympians. They're still capable of executing, you know, a very good game plan, executing it at a high level front to back, no weak points, no one coming up with an average or even an average game. Everyone was very, very well. Uh, everyone played very, very well. And yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of great. It's it's great to get to talk about it. Uh, it's great to get to watch it. I'm sure spirit fans, you probably enjoyed watching it. And on that note, uh, hopefully you will also enjoy my chat with Paige Nielsen. And for the second time uh, on this show, it's been a while. I didn't realize it until she actually said it, but it has been a while. Paige Nielsen, welcome, welcome back to Plex Weather. How are you doing? Good, good. Enjoying our recovery day. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what goes into a recovery day other than trying to not exert yourself too much? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think a lot of us are ready to train again. Mm. You can imagine after beating North Carolina, which is one of our rivals, that mm. we're all in really spirits, and um, we had two days off, and we were ready to get back out there today. And then we got the news saying we were in the recovery group, so it's really just foam rolling, stretching, um, going to our gym, and focusing on maintaining our strength for the season and then doing a bike workout to get our legs back and to, to stay in shape. But yeah, I, I felt like I could do more today, but just got to be smart. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this is kind of a recurring thing. I know um, you had that bet with Richie that uh, I'm sure some people listening to this saw on Twitter that, but if you want to walk me through um, or me, I, I already know the story, but um, for the people listening in that maybe aren't familiar uh, the bet that you had with Richie about trying to get back on the field maybe a little bit early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was feeling healthier, and I've never really been out of shape, which that's not true. I've been out of shape, but I've always been able to play 90 minutes no matter what. And it's weird for me that I'm not a that I wasn't able to for a couple of months because of my injuries but I was coming back and I was feeling good so I was like you know what it's worth a shot so <laughs> after training I was dribbling the ball around half field I don't know I was like Richie if I nail the crossbar from this far out I get to play 90 minutes this weekend <laughs> and I it was it was so close I kid mm. you not and I he would he's true to his word he's very honest so I think mm -hmm. he, no he probably <laughs> he would have been so in a lot of trouble with our sports science guy Michael so yeah I was but, about to say how did Michael feel about this bet yeah we we always make just jokes with Michael mm -hmm. saying oh I'm gonna play like 45 instead of 30 and he's like he's just like no <laughs> sorry <that's> my job <laughs> I mean, that is kind of the, the, the job does involve probably saying no a lot. Um, that's probably, you know, what makes you good at it is knowing what, knowing exactly when to say no. Um, but so you're, you're, you're feeling much better now. You're, you're, you've been increasing your minutes a lot lately. Um, how do you feel like you're doing at this point, given that it was this, this, you know, long time not being able to play. And it's something that you haven't, like you just said, you haven't really had to deal with very much. 
Yeah, I'm I'm feeling a lot better. I'm really excited. I actually uh I was having some issues kind of figuring out figuring out what was help, gonna help me in the future and it was really frustrating because it was minor but it turned into tendonitis. It was hamstring mm-hmm. tendonitis, something in my glute adductor. I had six like minor strains and then some things in my knee. So I was like, Okay, where do I start? But I got with this P T and had a lot of meetings with the sports science guy, Alessandro, our athletic trainer, and mm. they set up a plan for me, which was awesome, where I couldn't just go right back into things. I had to take things really slow and kind of day by day and build up my strength again, which I uh, it was really hard for me to do. So mm. once I got into that idea and really started, like, taking care of my body, um, yeah, I started feeling a lot better. And now now that I just played in the North Carolina game, I couldn't feel um, little to no pain. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I couldn't be more excited for, for the future. The, the Chicago game, it was like I went from 30 minutes to 80 minutes, which maybe probably shouldn't happen, but it happened. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> But um, I was kind of just trying to survive that game. But now, now I feel like I'm confident that I my body can withstand everything. Mm. Yeah, I know. After after the Chicago game, you did mention that you know the difference. One of the differences playing on turf is that it does seem to be pretty draining for for I think large majority of players would say that that it just sort of it takes a lot out of you. Um, and I know that was one of the things you mentioned after the game. Uh, was that this, you know, recovery was going to be really important after that. Um, are you, are, 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 is that going to apply uh, again, most likely for this, uh, this coming weekend's game uh, against Gotham? Uh, yes, but I give credit to our coaching staff because um, they've really valued our rest. These mm-hmm. past couple, couple weeks, we've had more rest days than usual. And you can see that we performed pretty well against North Carolina and I think they're trying to do that same thing before the turf again mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I give a lot of credit to them managing our loading before these games so after it takes less time to recover uh, and you know you've brought you brought up this this win over the courage um, I thought it was really impressive it seems like people that are not around the team as much you know observers who are more national focused seemed kind of like a unanimous thing where everyone was very impressed with the whole team's performance uh, against North Carolina. Um, you know, especially the confidence level that it seemed like everyone had. And, uh, you know, after the game, we asked, uh, we asked Richie if there was like a secret, you know, method uh, that he came up with this week to, to get the confidence at that level. Uh, we asked Ashley Sanchez. She didn't really, um, she said it was, you know, everything just, you know, everything just clicked. It was just one of those games. Um, was that really, is that, is that your feeling as well? That it's just one of those games where, where, you know, the game plan was right. Everyone was feeling good and ready to go. And it just happened to all kind of coalesce on, on, you know, right at the start, of, really from the start of the game. It's cause I'm back, of course. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just kidding. We, I... no, we can go with that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, Obviously, I love playing with Sam and Aubrey and and mm-hmm. Andy. We we really like know how to kind of keep the tempo of the game going. 
especially first half. But it's not because it's just me. It's uh, mm-hmm. we uh, we had the amount of rest that we that we needed. Um, North Carolina is always an opponent where we're just like I don't know. It's like our sister team where Paul and Richie are pretty close, but they battle, they bat heads, and we kind of do with North Carolina. Um, you know, Richie says we're the Matadors, they're the Bulls, which isn't totally true they they can play too and we we can be bowls too but um yeah we always like we always rise up for the time I've been here to the challenge of North Carolina and, and sometimes it doesn't go to our way with the goal situation but um I think we usually play pretty well at least one half against them um yeah and everyone was super confident like mm-hmm. trying Maradonas and and megging people and we're playing so free and I mean it's a it's a combination of it's in the middle of the season and uh, we're finally getting the relationships with people that we need and uh, I credit to our midfield because they they did a lot of work when we win the midfield it's really hard to be us. Mm. That 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 makes a lot of sense. I, I still have um, a little bit of writing to do about uh the midfield in particular um but i don't want to give the whole you know the rest of the team uh i don't want to give them the short end of the stick here because it really was a from from at least from the press box it was really a like a comprehensive kind of thing um i do i do want to um switch gears briefly because uh this isn't going to be the first or the last time that i uh go this route on this podcast but um I noticed in the last couple of games, it looks like you phased out those um, uh, white Mizuno uh, shoes that you were, you had you kept going for quite a while. Um, you got some classic black ones. Uh, I feel like you're you're the only player I can think of in any of the American professional leagues uh, wearing um, Mizuno. So what what got you into them? What what how did that happen? Um. Well, South Korea. I played in mm-hmm. South Korea for a year and a half. And a lot of people wore Mizunos. Mizunos and Puma were really big. Mizunos mm. are a, a Japanese company, and so there's mm. a lot of Japanese players that use them. And actually, my teammate, Tom Young, she uh, she's on the national team of South Korea and was sponsored by Mizuno. She designed pleats for me that said my mom's wow. name and art on them. And yeah. ever since... Ever since I wore those shoes, the like natural leather, they're re- they're pretty expensive too. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are by far my favorite cleat with first touch uh, control. They form to your feet, and uh, I never want to have to break them in at all, like Nike and Adidas. Mm-hmm. Not to not to punish them, but they they are honestly the best cleats I could have ever asked for. <laughs> they're like like Copus, the old style on Adidas, right. but but even like even more they're they're awesome is it so that actually you you bring up the copas because i was i was thinking to myself when i was you know writing my questions out to make sure i could actually keep them all in my head um it seems like to me like a like a center back kind of choice is to go with the the really classic uh black leather with the white logo um i think estelle johnson is still wearing copas i feel like that's going to be the way of the world for her uh, forever. Um, and I, I was kind of curious about that. Are you really choosy about the color or is it more like 
I want the fit to be right. I want the touch to be right. And if, if they're black, that's great. If they're white, that's great. If they're green or, or pink or whatever, that's also fine. Yeah. I, uh, it just depends what I'm feeling before mm. I get them. Um, it's definitely way more about the fit. I actually think they're kind of ugly, but, mm. but I will never care because I, I think it makes me a better player than I am. I don't know if you've ever seen Like Mike, but it's like a kid puts on these MJ shoes mm-hmm. and he's like Michael Jordan. That's how I feel when I put my nose on. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, if uh, if anyone from, I mean, I don't know if I have any listeners from the company itself, uh, Mizuno, but if you are listening, maybe maybe send Paige some shoes. Um, yeah. Let's get on that. Um, if, if I can appeal to all of the shoemaking, shoemaking listeners of the show, I'm sure there are thousands. Um, yeah. uh, all right, back to, back to the soccer side. Um, the league is right now it's, it's kind of hyper competitive. Like it always is. Um, I think John Halloran, uh, tweeted out, I think it was yesterday that there are three points separating first from seventh, seventh being the first team that misses the playoffs this year. Um, we're just over a third, almost halfway through the season. Um, how do you feel like the team as a whole is doing at this stage of the season based on what you were expecting coming into 2021? I mean, to be honest, you can't expect anything in this league. Obviously, mm. we expect it to be a really good team. Um, we knew from past experiences that every point matters, and I think we've We've let up a couple points again this year that we shouldn't have. Um, late in the game, last-minute goals to get ties instead of wins. There's a couple games, and that that just comes from immaturity, and I think a lot of teams deal with that at the start of the season. Uh, that's why all the teams are so close. Whether you dominate a game or not, it's like those small moments where uh, you kind of get lax and you can't afford to do that in this league. And I think we're in – we're in a pretty good spot right now. It's uh, our even our youngest players, 19 years old, mm-hmm. super mature at this point in the season. And I can't be more proud of our team. And I think if we continue our time management, which we did a good job in at North Carolina, and continue um, squeezing out points, uh, I think we'll be in a really good position. I do. I'm biased, but I think. I think we're one of the better teams out there for sure, mm-hmm. if not the best. But it, um, you, no, go ahead. No, you you can go. Um, you you mentioned the young players, um, the number of young players on the team, and and that's something that um, it seems like uh, since since Richie came aboard, um, no matter who is helping with the draft prep or anything like that, it seems like that's been a team philosophy to try and not just you know, bring young players in and have them on the squad, but they're actually expected to participate and they're expected to um, contribute. And so the team has always been on the younger side compared to the rest of the league. Um, what do you, what do you think uh, the team culture, how, how much does that contribute to um, getting some of these players that obviously have a tremendous talent for their age or for any age really, um, but getting them uh, bought into the way the spirit want to play the, the way that um, the team kind of conducts itself on and off the field. Yeah. I mean, our team chemistry is amazing. I think uh, having younger players does help, but also our leadership 
has been incredible throughout these past couple of years with all of our younger players. Uh, our coaches also do a really good job recruiting uh, just really, really impeccable character type of people. Um, mm-hmm. We're all very kind to each other, whether that's someone fighting, someone's fighting for your spot or not. We know that everyone's going to get their shot on this team. Richie mm-hmm. doesn't. Now, most coaches have their favorites, but you also, it's not like because you're 21, you're not going to have a chance on the field where I think other teams kind of have that. It's like seniority kind of takes over. But mm-hmm. our team, it's like, no, you'll get your shot. It's whether you take it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that. I really like that there's no biases. It's like if you perform for our team, you're going to play. And I think that's that's a really cool thing um, mm-hmm. about our team. Yeah. I, I love this team, and I know that everyone else on the team would, would say the same. Uh, you know, looking looking ahead now, um, this game next week, we already talked about it a little bit. Um, you've got Gotham coming to Segra Field. Um, I feel like, just speaking for me, that Gotham seems like a bit of a different team than most in the league because they seem to be very willing to change elements of how they play based on a given opponent. I think, you know, the way you play or North Carolina um, or Houston or, or most of the teams near the top, especially, it seems like it's, this is who we are. This is how we play. And we'll make, make little tweaks here and there, but we're not going to change a ton of what we do. Um, But Gotham is very willing to do that. Um, And it seems like every game they're in, the games are always, you know, pretty tight. Their games against the spirit have always been very close games going one way or the other. Um, I, I know you can't, you know, I know um, if you uh, were to share the whole game plan that Richie would probably come to my door and, and uh, <laughs> hunt me down. Um, so we won't get into that. But, you know, speaking broadly, um, what what are some things that the spirit have to do uh, against Gotham to, to get another win and, and uh, maybe – open the game up a little bit in a way that that Gotham seems so far this year to be pretty good at not letting it get too open in a way that they don't want it to happen. Right. Um, we, I think we all really respect Gotham. They have, mm. they are very disciplined defensively and um, create a lot of chances offensively usually. And I think we're actually very similar style teams. Um, mm. I think for our game plan, I think we don't focus on them as much. We, mm-hmm. we focus on the little things that we need to tweak. We just did film today. And riding off of how well we played with North Carolina, we want to keep that sauciness, confidence, um, being able to play through really tight lines, especially because Gotham is so compact. But we, we can do it. We have the players. We have the personnel. Mm-hmm. that are so technical. It's about breaking lines when we can and um, not just being careless with long balls because they're so compact and moving their team around. So tempo of our play is really important. Um, and then finding the right moments to go forward. I think mm-hmm. I think that's really important. It all starts with the tempo of our play, that's for sure. And once we do that and get them moving and, and have more possession then 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 that's when we can open up the game because then they get tired. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I do. I, I, I'm kind of uh, doing a taking a risk here with the show becoming slowly and surely more about uh, shoes and dogs than it is about soccer. <laughs> um, but since since the last time we spoke, if I'm if my time timeline, uh, my ability to remember when anything happened anymore is gone. But I feel like since the last time we spoke, uh, you you got a dog. Is that is that accurate? I am a stepmom. That's okay. fair. <laughs> uh, to a little min, min pen, which mm. is, um, she's the love of my life. Mm. I love her so much. Um, yeah, she's, uh, she's six years old and she's mm. eight pounds, but she, she's, she's the best dog ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know, uh, speaking with, um, Jordan DiBiase about her dog, um, that this is this is slowly, I think, going to become a recurring theme on this show. So I'm sure the next time I bring you on, there will, there will probably be another dog question. And just to thank Paige one more time for coming on. Great chat with her. Always, you know, always fun for me to get to talk to her. Always feel like I learned something from those talks as well. And looking ahead, uh, as the literally as some plex weather closes in on my home, it looks very foreboding right now outside my window. I do want to get in some thoughts on this Gotham game real quick, just to have uh, something there uh, on that note. I, I guess the keys to this one for me, that the spirit, the things that the spirit need to get done. First of all, they need to make sure that they, they match that tempo they showed against North Carolina, that ability to control the tempo because Gotham does love to use possession. They're maybe the only team in the league that uses possession as much as the spirit, but they like to use possession to slow the game down. It is it is more of a defensive approach to possession than I feel the spirit use it for. As Paige said in the interview, they are kind of a similar team, but there's sort of a the mirror image, you know, the other the team on the other side of the the sliding glass doors, so to speak. They have a different way of doing things. They've become a little more dangerous. They're less conservative now than they were at the start of the year. But I still think they tend to approach the spirit with the idea of if we can keep more of the ball, the spirit will be uncomfortable with that because they are, they are used to keeping the ball. So making sure that tempo stays high, uh, making sure it stays more at the speed, the spirit want to play, which is, you know, it comes with some challenges. The Gotham midfield uh, is full of smart players who are good at disrupting play. And, you know, the, the turf at Segra has so far this year, as well as in 2020, the spirit have had their issues with it. It plays slowly. It doesn't have a sprinkler system uh, installed to the best of my knowledge. I've never seen it in operation anyway. So the field is dry. So it doesn't, the ball doesn't zip around. Um, and when you're striking a pass and you're used to it skipping in a certain way to go a certain distance at a certain speed, turf plays differently. They say that we say that with all kinds of turf, this turf, unlike other venues in the league, when you play at Portland, for example, that turf gets watered. If, if Portland wants it to be watered, it gets watered. So the spirit will have to figure out how to adjust to that, deal with that, that different surface that, you know, hopefully at some point, hopefully they can figure out with DC United how to get some water on that, because I feel like this is another thing that the spirit would be happy about. And I also think I watch Loudoun United play. I think they would be pretty happy to play on a faster surface as well. So hopefully one day we get we get that problem solved for everybody. But that is another aspect to this, you know, this game against Gotham. You don't want it to be too slow. The obvious danger with Gotham right now is that Midge Purse gets out on those breakouts, whether she's wide right, wide left. She can play in the middle as well. She's kind of 
kind of doing a lot for them right now. It's not just what you think. It's not just, well, you know, Midge gets wide and runs at someone and cuts inside to go to goal or cuts in off the left for service or things like that. There's also an element to her game that she's taken on lately where earlier in the buildup, she's not just part of the er, the late phase of the buildup. She is dropping off, collecting the ball, uh, able to maybe turn a defender and then able to switch the point of attack, things like that. She's opening games up uh, earlier. And so it's not just let me stay up high and get the ball and be dangerous. Then it's also let me help facilitate so that we get the ball into the attack. And then I'm going to get up there and still do the normal stuff that I'm used to. And so that's obviously that makes her an incredibly dangerous player. She's always been dangerous. So no big surprise there, whatever side she plays on, that is going to take some special attention from the spirit. Don't be surprised if we see some things maybe cycle in game. You know, if, if the, if Gotham decides, well, well, let's play her on the left today. Maybe we'll see some adjustments in how the midfield sets up. I'm thinking of a game in 2019 where the spirit, actually switched uh, Maggie Doherty Howard and Andy Sullivan so that Sullivan was in a little bit of a wider role in the midfield three. So she could actually uh, get out wide because she's a little faster than Doherty Howard. So things like that, watch for those in game, because if you can, if you can contain Midge purse, Gotham's attack is going to lose its edge. Um, They've got plenty of good players. It's no disrespect to the rest of their forwards um, and attackers, but if you can contain Midge, which is tough, but if you can do it, you're on the right path against them for sure. The final thing is, look, Gotham has some sort of magic going on. You've probably seen people tweeting about it. Every game, they seem to let up one big opportunity where the goalkeeper has made a save, whether it's Kalen Sheridan or Didi Heracic. They've made a save, the ball is loose, there are no defenders anywhere nearby, and somehow that ball doesn't get put in the back of the net. Either the other team misses or... No one can corral the ball or, you know, Estelle Johnson or Mandy Freeman makes some sort of crazy block. Something happens. Um, and the spirit, I, this is not really a tactical thing so much as just a, you've got to find a way to put the ball in. Gotham has a great defensive record uh, in terms of actual goals against. Uh, I believe I'm trying to pull up the standings now because I should have had this ready when I got into doing this little portion of the show. Yeah, they've given up three goals in eight games, which is a great defensive record on paper. But the underlying numbers that are out there all point to a team that should have given up a lot more goals than this. And, you know, the Spirit want to be the team that that maybe catches a little bit of that luck, that that data correction, that regression to the mean, whatever it is, because the, the goal, the chances have been there. You know, Gotham, it may appear that they just don't give up very many goals, but the chances have been there. Uh, it's just teams are not putting them away. And I think if the spirits show the the finishing they've shown in most of their recent games, you know, full credit to Ashley Hatch for the finishes she produced uh, against North Carolina. They were both, you know, quick, calm, instinctive, no fuss. That kind of stuff goes a long way against a team that somehow is just evading the punishment when they make mistakes. So um, the spirit need to make sure they're sharp in that department because the chances will be there. Even even though Gotham tends to not give away too much, they do give away enough. Their their defensive record is misrepresentative, in my opinion, at least, of the actual play that we've seen from them. And you know, good news for for Spirit fans, they did just score two goals against a Courage team that had gone a little over 270 minutes without conceding a single goal that entered the game 
with, uh, I think it was four goals, four goals against in eight games. So only, only just barely uh, worse in terms of defensive record than Gotham was. So maybe the spirit have, you know, figured something out on that department, Uh, but it'll be a very different game. Hopefully the spirit can bury those chances that come they can they can get that player onto those loose balls that Gotham does seem to give up once or twice a game, especially early, because that's a, that's I guess maybe that's the last point is a, is a quick one. Gotham and against any team that wants to play possession soccer to keep the tempo slow, if you get a chance early against them, you got to get that lead if you can. It's always good to play from from in front in soccer. This is this is a low scoring sport. Scoring first matters quite a bit. But that aspect matters much more if you're playing against a team that is not scoring a ton. Gotham scores less than one goal a game right now. They've got seven goals in eight games and is a team that wants to use possession to slow things down and stay compact. If you take the lead on them, you force them to open up. You force them to do things that they weren't planning on doing just yet. And so, yeah, the the early stages of this game are going to be very important. The spirit need to show urgency, the kind of urgency they showed against North Carolina. Even if the game plan is different, that urgency matters quite a bit. And and the execution, you know, it's great to be urgent and create chances, but someone has to, someone does have to put them away. Fortunately, right now, they happen to have one of the league's leading scorers. Uh, Ashley Hatch is tied for first league-wide right now. Ashley Sanchez creating a ton of chances as a creator. I think this is a team that can get the chances done. They've just got to, you know, find a way to get one in, find a way past whatever whatever magic or good fortune or whatever it is, the the mix of good play, good blocks, good goalkeeping and good luck that Gotham has used so far. If they can get that done, if they can get that early lead, uh, the spirits chances, I think go through the roof, but obviously much, much easier said, I'm saying it right now. I'm telling you, it's not too hard to say those words much easier said than done. And on that note, I'm going to call it a show before the thunder starts shaking the house or whatever is about to happen. It the weather's only started to look worse as this segment has gone on. Thank you for listening. You can find the show. The website is plexweather.pinecast.co. The Twitter account is at plexweather, all one word. My personal Twitter account is at Jason DC soccer. If you want to get the whole thing, not just the spirit stuff, It'll be there, though there is a ton of spirit stuff. It's not, not I'm not giving it short, cha- uh, short shrift on the main account. You can find the podcast at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, probably some other places uh, that I can't even, uh, that, that I'm not even sure of, but they're out there. If you're looking for it on a specific place, let me know. I'll see what I can do. I might not be able to figure it out, but I can give it my best shot. If you want to support the show financially, there is a link to a tip jar either at the Pinecast website or on the bio of the Plex Weather Twitter account. Means a lot. Got a, a donation recently, donation, a tip, whatever you want to call it. Just just last week, extremely cool. I uh, wanted to shout out Robert. Thank you very much. Is much, much appreciated. Does help me keep going, keep doing this show, keep it going regularly. And yeah, if you want to do that, that's awesome. Uh, And if not, the show will still be free. Uh, I'm not going to suddenly take it away from you. So on that, uh, once again, confusing ramble to end the show as always. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. It's it's the Plex weather is real.